Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week's episode takes us all the way back to last summer when I spoke to Mark Holzenbecker about Still, the literary and arts magazine that we delivered to Stack subscribers in June 2018. Still is based in Berlin and New York and Mark was in London for just a few days so I was really pleased to get a bit of his time but I stupidly suggested that we speak on the terrace at Somerset House which is a very lovely place to sit on a sunny day in early summer but as you'll hear it is also ridiculously noisy. I really wanted to get this one out though so it's taken me quite a while to get around all the sounds of traffic and sirens and children and building work um, and just make sure that you can actually hear the stuff that Mark's saying. Of course my intention at the time was that we'd get the episode out pretty soon after the magazine actually arrived with our subscribers but as Mark says in the conversation this is the sort of magazine that rewards a second read so if you were one of the people who received a copy from us last summer I hope this inspires you to take it off your shelf and read again or if you weren't a Stack subscriber back then but you love the sound of this magazine made in the wee small hours of the morning by a passionate group of international editors and designers head over to the stack shop where you'll be able to pick a copy up and see it for yourself okay that's all from me for now i hope you enjoy this conversation with mark holzenbecker from still magazine mark welcome to london thank you for taking the time out to come and speak thanks for having me uh, you are normally based in Berlin, right? Yes, um, we are based in Berlin. We are uh, based in New York also. We have two teams. And yeah, I'm here for the, for the photo fair, for the London, and uh, also for Offprint, um, which um, kicks off tomorrow, no, tonight. Okay, so for, for people listening to this, we're recording this in like mid-May 2018, but we're holding on to the recording because very excitingly we're sending out still as the stack June delivery. So uh, I, I think it would be nice in this if you can tell us a little bit um, about this magazine so people understand this thing that they've received. Yeah, sure. Um, so still is an annual magazine um, featuring inventive writing and photography. And we publish fiction, poetry, essays, translations, and fine art photography. And um, yeah, as I said, our teams, the editorial teams, are um, in Berlin and in New York. And we started the magazine five years ago, um, spring 2013, unbelievably for us, <laughs> the first issue came out. And since then, we started a digital magazine, and um, also we do book projects now. Um, for example, Still Drama, which is a series um, promoting um, dramatic writing but now yeah we're very excited because the new issue the sixth issue um, will come out um, in just a few days um, and it will yeah as Steve just said um, it will be delivered through Stack which is an amazing opportunity for us. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> so. So tell me how you end up doing this thing then. How do you end up running a magazine between Berlin and New York? Actually, we started um, five years ago in Berlin, and um, we were always interested in American literature. And as you know, there's many um, international American but English-speaking writers in Berlin as well. And from the beginning, we included um, some of their works. 
And then I was very lucky to, to study for a year abroad in New York. And I, on one literature festival, I met um, Brittany, Brittany Hazelwood, who's now our um, managing editor in New York. And she, at the time, and she, she still um, organizes as a director um, this festival, Festival Neue Literatur in New York, which features, um, um, invites young German-speaking writers um, to New York and to the U.S. And that was kind of love at, love at first sight. And we were, so Brittany grew up in Germany and now lives in, in New York. And so we discovered that like it's a perfect match for this kind of magazine that we can like re really do a magazine across the Atlantic and have two home bases and have two teams um, and put like in the end everything um, will be connected on the website and now this is the very first time we do actually two very completely different um, editions one in Berlin and one in New York and all the literature, all the writing has been edited and selected and curated by the teams in Berlin and in New York. And there is some translations and some, some, some works that we, that we kind of send to the other team and there's like a, like, a, like a close exchange between those two teams. But now we have two, two, two editions. Wow, okay, so, the, so how different then is the English version this time from the German version? Um, it's like 100%. <laughs> There's like two or three um, poetry pieces uh, we include in the German edition too. Um, and there are some translations we did um, from the German side um, and included in, into, in, in the American edition. But it's, it's basically two different. Like the, the photography is the same because photography is really like, in, like a universal language and uh, we always featured photographers from all over the world and basically many in Europe and, and in, the, in the US. Um, but the writing is really two different, two different copies, but the whole like the whole thing makes sense together, right? And and it's like what for us is very interesting to, that we just an example from the next edition. Um, there is um, this piece by Maren Kamis, a German um, young German poet, and we in Berlin we follow her work for like for a long time. And two years ago, she she uh, published this very very popular um, poetry book, and so we were so excited about it that we. We tried to to get a translation of, of, of an excerpt of this, and finally this worked out. And now there will be um, yeah an excerpt uh, translated excerpt in the New York edition, which is for me a perfect example how uh, these two teams on both sides of the Atlantic can really like inspire each other and like bring writing from one part of the world to another and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and this also sounds like it must make your life much harder because, <laughs> I mean, you're in effect making two magazines for one, right? That's true. That's true. And also, like, think about the time shift. Um, there's six hours time shift between um, our two home bases. And so much happens on Skype um, and on Slack. And um, yes, that's true. <laughs> Long <laughs> okay, hours, <right>. midnight, <laughs> like... <laughs> It's like when, when everybody else goes like, okay, now my workday is done. Uh, Berlin is like, okay, no, now New York starts to, to, to get like, to start working on the magazine. Let's just stay up until four in the morning. <laughs> oh, Jesus, man. So the, with the last issue, um, you had uh, two different covers. 
Um, and I think I'm right in saying that you print the poetry in the original language. So you print all the poetry in both German and English, so that you, you can read the uh, like the original as well as the the translation. Um, but last time it was that the English version had all English uh, stories and, and and like plays and essays, and the German version had all German. So this time you've kind of taken that up a notch by introducing whole new pieces that are not repeated across the, the two magazines. Exactly, exactly. That's what we did already yeah, in, in the last issues in German because our main team was in Berlin. Um, but now we finally found a whole team, like this team of four people, um, editors in New York now, right. and they do the same thing. So they, they bring in a whole bunch of new pieces. Um, original American and English pieces. Uh, and so does that mean then that the English has a particularly American English feel to it? Um, it has because of um, the editors are there and so many of the, the submissions came from, from the US. But we, we, we tend to keep it very open. And for example, like we have um, we work with one uh, translator, Chris Fenwick, who is British, and he, he did a brilliant translation of a German short story for the New York edition. And so he obviously, he, he speaks British English and he, he did a translation into British English. And there was like also, um, because the original story dealt with different dialect, German dialects, and so he uh, translated it into a one English dialect. Um, because this for him feels totally natural and like why would he do something in, in American English that would be fake. So, and that's totally fine. So we don't, we don't, I mean, the contrary, we don't, we don't want to we think we are way over this American literature imperialism, so the, 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 the deal is not to, to, to import everything into the American language and into the American culture, but to keep the local um, particularities. And so, of course, we also feature British English or whatever, Austrian, uh, German pieces, and that's, that's great. And so, the, so now, I mean, you, you literally have two different magazines for, for this one issue. I was interested before, the, is, is, this, is this a development for you? Because, I mean, obviously, like, when you translate something, you change it, inevitably. There's a, a, a difference there. Were you, were you feeling that even when you were presenting the same works translated, were you finding that those two versions of the magazine had slightly different characters or, or, or felt different to you? Um, yes, a lot. Um, and what for us now, it's, what's interesting is that, um, I mean, we, we don't have themes, for example. We, we are very open to, to, to technically any kind of submission. But in the end, if you look closer and you, you know the magazine, um, we, we of course have a particular style and, and a focus and interest. And it's not always so easy to, to, to pin it down and to, and to, to put it into words. But this is like a style that develops over a period of time when you work with editors for, for longer. And when we started to work with the American team, um, what was interesting was to, 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 to find a way like how can we, how can we kind of maintain the same st style and idea and like how, how will this work out? And we, we suddenly we discovered that, of course, the American, like, American writing and, and poetry is so much different in many ways than, than, than the German was and the text that for example like I don't know like the, the language and, and the whole style and, and things that would not work in Germany are very much interesting and in, 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 in the US. 
Okay, so let's talk about those 4 a.m. finishes then. So what is it that motivates you at the end of a long day, being busy, mm. to then start making this magazine? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> we sometimes ask ourselves. Uh, I don't know. I think we are, first of all, we are kind of literature nerds and magazine nerds, and you you have to be there to, to, to have this motivation. And... Um, it was so wonderful to find people around the world, like Brittany in, in, in New York, uh, our photo editor um, Luigi, who's based in Milano, Italian, uh, Johanna, our managing editor um, in, in Berlin, who's technically living in, in Vienna and from, from Austria, um, and to, to meet like, those like-minded people um, in, in, in different corners of the world. And we, are, we share the same yeah, uh, passion for this. And like at 4 in the morning, for example, what we do is like copy editing and those nerdy things and when you when you realize like, like everybody is so much into details and so much put so much yeah great care into details and attention into details and I think this is really important and this transports to the reader um, so I, I like to I like to, to make this comparison to classical music and opera so I if once in a while you know Berlin is a um, great city to um, to listen to classical music, and once in a while, when you go to a classical concert, like I, I actually realize, so like those people are putting so much effort into perfectionism, and even though I've seen many concerts, I would never consider myself as like I'm not capable of realizing like the, like the the, the, the last 10%. They could, they could, for me, they, they could completely do, like, they, could, they could go 80%. I would not recognize it. <laughs> and I bet like most of the, the people in the, in the hall, they, they don't recognize it because they're not those experts. But in the end, like those people are like, working so hard to get to those like last one or 2%. And it's, it's, own, it's like their personal ambition, I think. But also in the end, the, the spectators, they, they get it somehow because they feel the passion and they, they, even though they don't really understand what the two person are, but it somehow it's it's super important. And, and that's something I think which is particularly important with what you're doing because what you're doing is not necessarily for the reader always easy. There there might be a way that you've arranged a set of images on a page which clearly has some particular thought behind it but that thought is not necessarily obvious from the start like the that perfectionism is particularly important with the type of publishing that you're in, engaged with i agree i agree yeah it's um we don't actually make it easy to um to access um but also i feel like now um after doing five five editions um this one is the first time that we all feel like we kind of we somehow nailed it like we don't, don't want to be too but for us like it finally makes sense you know so when you start something you have an idea you have visions and you but it's also like it's a lot of trial and error and you, you try many things and also in the end you look at the old editions and you're like, okay <laughs> we're glad we never did that again but so now i think it takes it takes a while to 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 really arrive somewhere and and now this this makes finally makes sense like the way the pieces are interwoven and so we don't actually we don't have labels for the for the text. So it's poetry and, and it's poetry or drama or fiction. Like we don't have labels. So it's all text. Text is text. And um, yeah, as you say, it's like it's not it's not so easy to get because it's like it's, yeah, it's like very packed also, and the layout is particular. Um, 
Well, I'm obviously very glad that we're sending out the one on stack that you got right. So the, I'm very pleased that we're sending this one because you've nailed it. That I'm, I'm obviously in the, I'm in this period that I get to every month where we're about to send out a magazine, which I haven't actually seen. Like the, you know, obviously I know still, and I, I really like what you've done in the past, but I don't know what's going to be in this next one. So, so put my mind at rest a little bit. Give, give me, give me something that you're really particularly proud of from this new issue? Oh, where to start? Um, there is... So the common piece I, I talked about, um, we, are, we are very much excited that um, we work with Pablo Cachachan again, a young Argentinian um, writer, and he's not so well known, I think, in, in, in Europe and in the US. Uh, and last year we already featured a translation um, of one of his pieces in the, in the German edition and now um, Priscilla Posada, um, who did a translation for Ugly Duckling Press in New York, um, she submitted a translation of some of the stories. It's a really exciting um, surrealist um, writer. Um, there's another, there's an interview with um, young Swiss uh, writer Michel Steinbeck, who's also kind of in this surrealistic uh, world and so like we, we kind of have this micro chapter uh, on we don't have chapters but you can you find uh, relations between uh, an interview uh, with her um, about her um, book that's coming in um, in fall in English uh, we have non-fiction pieces by John Ray by Joshua Cohen which is very exciting um, we have for the photography just to give you an example um, we are very we are very excited about Daniel Everett uh, his work deals with uh, marks used on construction sites um, and this the whole unintentional aesthetics of, of organization which sounds a bit odd but it, like there's so many layers in the photos and it's it's just beautiful and it's just very very good um, or the young German photographer um, Lucia Sotnikova um, we feature a more personal work of hers um, she just finished her studies um, at the Düsseldorf Academy um, under uh, Andreas Goski um, so there's very exciting photography also coming in this new issue. So out of, out of all of this stuff, join me in the nervousness, which is the bit that you're kind of most nervous about? Which is, which is the story or the photo piece or, or whatever it is that you think, are people going to get this? Is this going to land? Um, I don't know. I think this really depends so much on your background, your interests. Um, and also the the moment when you read it and look at it. So I sometimes I take a book out of my shelf that I started to read five years ago, and then you you start to read it again, and you suddenly like it. And so becoming older, <laughs> older and older, um, I feel like I I easily get excited about things. And um, I was like some years ago, I was always like, this is my city, or this is like, and this is my book. But now I start to realize that it's only valuable for a certain time in a certain place. And I think this is totally true for also for people. So what I think what we can only can do is to offer the reader a selection and what they make out of it and how it works and not work. This is a very personal and it, this like completely correlates to the plurality of people in the world and in time. Talking about timing with all of this, how long does this actually take you? To, uh, how long have you been working on this issue? <laughs> too, too, too long. Too long. <laughs> it's like <laughs> always like when we tell people what 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 are you actually doing, and we like, we publish a magazine. Like, how many how many how many issues per year? Like one. And they're like, 
<laughs> so what do you what do you, what, what do you do all the time? <laughs> and, um, and it takes a long time. So we started the whole we kicked off the whole process in um, in January, um, and still worked under. So, so January 2018. Exactly. Yeah. So it's bas- it's it's almost half a year um, from, and we, we we should start earlier um, because everything takes so much so much time. Um, yeah. But it's hard to motivate yourself to have those midnight to 4 a.m. conversations. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, everybody knows about that. You, you, you really start to work yeah, on certain things if the pressure is high. Um, but and, and this is a submissions-based magazine, so you're obviously it's determined by the stuff that you get sent. So, the, I mean, what sort of volume are you talking about? How, how many submissions do you get? Um, it's about... Six, seven hundred in total. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we, we 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 try to keep it very open. So that's like some of the pieces that are included are com- like work. We didn't know these people. We didn't know the work. Um, we stumbled upon it through submissions. But we also um, we have a, a vast network of writers and photographers. We we work with and we know. And so a big part of what we publish um, it, it was initiated by by editors and came outside of those um, submission channels um, but we like to to do both and what's the process like for all of this there i mean do, do you find that there are some of you who fight really strongly for a particular piece and others who say no this is not happening or what, what like, how do you figure that out um, yeah, that's that's always an interesting process. So of course there are editors who are in favor for for some pieces, and um, there are discussions about um, the the pieces we want to include in the end. But in the end, we are all on the same page, and um, so yeah, I think this is just the usual uh, editorial process that um, that everybody everybody deals with. So some good robust back and forth. Yeah. I would, I would call it like that. Yeah. Which is exactly as it should be. I mean, there's no point in doing this thing if you're not going to produce something that you all really care about and love. Yeah. So you, you make this thing happen as, as I mean, you know, it's your, it's your passion project. It's your, it's your yeah. labor of love. But you still need to pay for this thing somehow. So how do you actually manage that? How do you make that happen? Well, as for now, it's more, it's basically sales. Um, so that's why steak is a great thing. Um, we we try to sell as many copies as we as we as we have to um, to, to to finance the the, the printing, um, but yeah, I think what's in the future what would be important that if there's any sponsor and any any company listening to to this podcast um, is to include some pages of advertising or to find a partner who can help us um, to publish to keep publishing because every year. It's it's tricky, and I mean, what I like about what I like about um, selling magazines and and increasing the print run is that actually this is why we we are, we are doing it. We want to we want to sell copies to people who actually read it. So even if this is a like a like a longer and more wind wind year, you say that uh, road. Um, this is what what is I think is very crucial, and I don't want to have some kind of. Um, federal funding and then in the end print 5,000 magazines and nobody reads it because you don't, at the same time you forgot to, to establish base to, to distribute the magazine. So that's why we always focus on distribution. But at the same time there are limits to it and at the same time it would help us a lot to have one, two, three partners and sponsors um, who can 
who can guarantee that we, we can keep working. Okay, so there you go. So Still Magazine is actively looking for sponsors. So right. uh, if anybody has read this magazine, they've had on stack and they want to get involved, then how, how should they contact you? How, how do they drop you a line? Just write us an email. Yeah. So, sim simple as that. All right, simple well, look, Mark, thank you very much. Uh, thank and you. Um, I can't wait to get my hands on this new issue. Thank you. Have a good day. Okay, that's all for this week. As ever, I'd like to say thanks very much to Mark for coming over and speaking and apologies again for the massive delay getting this one out. Still was commended in our Best Original Fiction category at the Stack Awards last year and it really is a wonderfully ambitious literary magazine. So again, if you haven't already seen it, do go and pick up a copy from the Stack shop. Uh, you can get there by going to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop. We're going to be back with another episode next week and this one won't have been recorded nine months ago so do follow us wherever you get your podcasts and then we'll be able to deliver that one to you as soon as it's ready. Thanks very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with that next episode next week. <laughs>